right, folks, welcome to Justify Your Existence, the Daily Journal's podcast about Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and beyond. As always, I'm Stephen Kreisnick covering Mississippi State, joined by Michael Katz covering Ole Miss. Michael, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you doing, buddy? Good, good. As we were just talking about, uh, USC game postponed. You don't have to worry about them with this week. I'm assuming we're feeling feeling good with this extra buy. Yeah, it's it. I actually the first thing I thought wasn't like, oh man, like I feel bad for the players. It was, does USC get the win? Because <laughs> uh, they're fighting for eligibility right now. They're fighting for their lives. So uh, as of right now, it's postponed. But if it does not get played, it is a Cal forfeit. So. Yeah, in my head, USC only has to beat either UCLA or BYU to to reach the illustrious garbage bowl that they'll go to. <laughs> it would be pretty outstanding if they made a bowl game after uh, everything this season. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little SEC before we get started. Make sure uh, you're following Justify Your Existence on your favorite podcast platform or djournal.com slash podcast. Uh, join our Facebook groups, Mississippi State Discussion with Parrish Alford and Stefan Kreischnick. And the Ole Miss discussion with Michael or Parrish Hoffer and Michael Katz. And make sure to follow D Journal Sports on Twitter. Uh, Michael, fun week ahead for SEC football. Before we get into all of that, uh, let's talk a little bit about the college football playoff. Latest rankings came out. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Ole Miss was at 15. Yep. Ole Miss yep. at 15. Um, you know, Alabama and Georgia still there at the top. Most interesting thing, um, you know, Michigan State loses at Purdue, the spoiler makers, um, and they fall below Michigan, who they beat two weeks ago. Um, both one-loss teams played a head-to-head, and uh, Michigan State is below Michigan. Now, I, I feel like we, it's not even worth talking about because it's, it's just that stupid. Yeah, I mean, if only they could settle it on the field, right? Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it was – I mean, it's – like you said, like it's not unexpected for there to be something extremely dumb. Uh, but that is like that's extremely, extremely stupid because, you know, then if they're going by that, like the quote unquote eyeball test, because um, at that point, if you're not doing head to head, that's what you're doing. Right. Well, they still have Oregon ahead of Ohio State and Ohio State's playing way better than Oregon right now. Yeah. Um, but they're going by virtue of head to head in that one. Apparently it, it's it's <laughs> it's uh, it, it, it's a beautiful disaster. And yeah. it's why. It's why we love it. I, I think it's going to sort itself out. You know, a lot of these teams are, especially in the Big Ten, are going to kind of all be playing each other, uh, you know, over the last kind of stretch here. So it, it's going to work itself out, I think. Um, but just the fact that, like, we all saw what happened when Michigan Michigan State played. Yeah, it was a great game, but, like, a team won. Uh, and that team is ranked lower. It's just – I understand recency bias and all that stuff, but it's just if you're going to have a, a standard that you're going to rank teams, be consistent with it. Um, then there's just not consistency. Yeah, no, it, it really doesn't make sense. And, and to be honest, the college football playoff itself has never really made too much sense because I, I just for a group that that, you know, vouches so much that they watch you know all these games, they sure as hell don't look like they watch any of these games, particularly, you know, the one like big noon game on Fox that, you know, had some of the highest ratings in, in, you know, in the college football season. And it just, I don't know, it doesn't make sense. Like you said, the Ohio state Oregon example is a good one. Um, and also like, like Oklahoma and Cincinnati, like they're, they're, I mean, they haven't looked great, but it's like, dude, you, they won, like you win. Like you're telling me that every team 
that's ever played besides Georgia, like wins every game easily. Like every team has flaws. Even you know, like undefeated seasons, you have flaws. I mean, Alabama, how good they were last year. They almost lost to Florida in like a shootout. It's like it, you're just stupid if you don't think that that you know teams are going to slip up. I understand the argument that Cincinnati's not as good as you know, let's say an Ohio State or or you know maybe an Alabama, but it's like. What, what more does Cincinnati have to do? Like they win, they beat, they beat a top 10. They're the rest like people say they don't play anybody, but like their resume is as good as anybody else is. I mean, they have made, they have like one of the best wins in college football this year. Yeah, probably maybe, maybe the best win aside from AM beating, but I would say AM beating Alabama at home is, is probably below Cincinnati winning at Notre Dame. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just stunning to me that like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand what you're doing. Like, it, like it's something's got to change. And I think, and I'm not just going to throw around like accusation stuff, but there, there is something to the fact that it's a lot of like athletic directors and people who are influenced, um, you know, making these decisions that plays part in it. I'm not saying you need your average fan to make this decision, but there's got to be something where the people voting are truly unbiased. I mean, you saw last year, Iowa was ranked way ahead of where they needed to be. And you look at who's the head of the college football playoff and you're like, wow, Gary Barta, you know, Iowa's athletic director. It's just like a lot of it doesn't make sense to me. And I think a lot of it's just people having these these opinions and these biases. And, and you know, the SEC representatives probably want SEC teams in there because then it makes their bad SEC team look a little better. And like it's just it's just a mess. It's just a mess. And I don't get it. I I think I miss the computers. Yeah. Like I miss the VCS because then at least like you can just blame the robot. Right. Right. It, yeah. It's just, it's, it's astonishing. And it's like, you know, people argue like expanded to 12 teams. Well, uh, frankly, I don't think they can pick the best 12 teams. Like, I, I don't think they're capable of and doing so, something stupid would still happen. Right. Right. It just, uh, it blows, it blows my mind. I mean, it's just flabbergasting and stuff that, that, you know, these people are putting these in these influential positions. Like, like you don't know what you're doing. Like, Excited like, for if, if I'm, if me or you are bad at our job, let's say that let's pretend that we're good and let's say that we were bad and we really screwed something up. Like you get fired. Like that's how, that's how it works. You know, maybe you get a slap on the wrist the first time, but you get fired if you screw up bad. And it's like, these people just apparently don't care about their job and know they have all the security in the world. So just excited for, uh, you know, two, uh, three loss uh, Wisconsin to be in the playoffs somehow. It's because they have a better resume than undefeated Cincinnati. (laughs) Just wait, just wait. Well, resume building going on this week in the SEC, if you want to call it that. Um, you know, some interesting games on the slate. The the main game, the CBS game. Georgia heads to Tennessee. We'll get it out of the way that I think we both think Georgia's going to win, and there's reason to believe that Georgia will win this game handily. But it's 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 something something's going on with Tennessee. Like something's going on. I've talked to myself in to Tennessee putting up some points. And I think I'm going to regret it because I've talked myself into team scoring points on Georgia a few times and it's never worked. Right. Um, But, you know, just kind of listening to the analysis this week, like this Tennessee team, I I think is going to score points on pretty much anybody in some capacity, maybe not a ton of points, but they're going to get a couple touchdowns because of their pace. Hendon Hooker's playing an amazing football right now. Um, and they've just got you – know, Josh Heupel 
you know, I don't know if he's going to win coach of the year, but he definitely deserves some some recognition for kind of just completely changing the product of what Tennessee football is and really kind of has been, uh, you know, who would have thought high powered Tennessee offense, but um, you know, but uh, you know, I, I, you know, and it is a Tennessee and that's a tough place to play. Yeah. I was just there a couple weeks ago. It's man, when it's packed, it's packed. I mean, it is loud. Um, but Georgia is Georgia, and they are very, very good. But I think Tennessee is going to, at least for like a bit, make it interesting. I think ultimately Georgia is going to do what Georgia does and pull away and probably end up winning by a couple of touchdowns. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Tennessee score a little bit more than, uh, I mean, I guess what Georgia is accustomed to would be like five points. But um, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, Tennessee put up, you know, uh, 14 to 17 something like that which really isn't that many points but it's a lot of points on georgia yeah i'm looking at it right now and espn has georgia as a 20 point favorite and i and i kind of don't I, I don't really see it like that i don't know if they're going to win by three touchdowns yeah no that's that's a big spread and like i know they've they've done that most of the year um but i mean other than old miss you know this is the best offense georgia's played Right. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, the best offense. Wait, no, sorry. That was dumb. Uh, Tennessee. Uh, I was thinking of Tennessee. Um, scrap that, John Luke, please. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, this is this is the best offense that Georgia has probably seen this year, just in terms of just pace and and what they do. Um, it, it's. I, I, I'm not going to doubt Georgia anymore, just like I'm not I'm, I'm not doubting like who's at Auburn anymore. Um, I'm not doing that anymore. I've been burned too many times. Uh, and I do think this Georgia team is really good. They, they do. Um, I, I think they're going to be missing one of their, their star linebackers. who's in a little bit of legal trouble um, right now, but I think that team has a lot of depth. So I don't think that's going to matter a ton, um, but I am waiting for the game when their offense stalls. And I don't know if it's against Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's defense is, it, it's not bad. Right. It's not great. It's not bad, but I'm I'm kind of waiting for like the bottom to fall out on the Stetson Bennett experiment um, because it's worked really well. He hasn't had to do too much, um, and J.C. Daniels has kind of been like lurking in the back there as he's kind of healed up, and they haven't needed to really kind of you know you, you fire the escape pod out on on Stetson Bennett yet. I'm I'm kind of waiting to see when their offense struggles. I think when their offense struggle is, is going to be when, t- when, when Georgia's in trouble, because I think the defense is always going to be fine, right. but when are they not able to, you know, convert short fields and when are they, when are they punting a lot and, and not, you know, converting third downs? I think that's going to potentially be when Georgia gets in trouble and it hasn't happened yet because the offense has done enough. I don't know if it happens this week against Tennessee, but I wouldn't, you know, I, I think Tennessee is going to be really fired up. They were fired up for Ole Miss, and they played really, really well. Um, you know, they held Ole Miss to 31 or whatever it was. Um, that's, that's, that's pretty good for, for what Ole Miss had been doing to that point. I would take the under on, on that one because three touchdowns seems like a lot to this game. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, we got a, a makings of a sicko game with South Carolina going to Missouri. 
Um, I think I think we both picked South Carolina in this one. You know, hot coming off that win against Florida. Still not really sure what to think of Missouri. They're kind of just, you know, just, I don't know, just like the covered up team in the SEC that no one's really paying attention to. And they beat Bandy, so that's good for them. I mean, if you told me they were in the Big 12 still, I'd believe you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, do, do you see Missouri having any chance here? Or is this kind of a South Carolina's game to lose? No, I think South Carolina's playing pretty well, all things considered right now. I mean, they, I mean, I don't know if anybody saw what happened against Florida coming, but, um, you know, Shane Beamer's done a nice job there. Like, they're almost bowl eligible, which is crazy. Yeah, they, I was just I was just looking. If they win this game, they're bowl eligible. Which is nuts. Like, like, six and four. Like, this isn't like, you know, sneaking in. Like, you're six and four. You could, you know, no. be a seven-win team. No, I know. It's it's kind of insane uh, how, how it's, like, this sicko team has sort of snuck up yeah. on as someone who watches a lot of sicko football. Maybe not a sicko uh, team anymore. No, I think they might be. Uh, they might be emerging into a legitimacy as <laughs> as a as a normal watching team. Yeah. Um, but you know, Missouri. I've been like waiting for them to do it all year, and it's like you know we've only got a couple games left. Is it really going to happen now? Right. Right. Yeah, it's kind of um, it's kind of interesting to see what Beamer has done at, at South Carolina, and um, you know, I, I think he's a pretty likable guy and. Um, I know we've both been on here before and said that, you know, you kind of root for for him to to win some games. And, he, and he's doing that right now. I mean, with with what he's got, you know, the hand that he's been dealt, it's it's hard to imagine that people aren't pretty positive about things moving forward. I mean, he's only going to get better and recruit better and, you know, can't, can't get much worse at the quarterback position than what they've had. And, um, and, and they've overcome it seamlessly. I mean, putting up, what was it, 40 on, on Florida is, you know, say what you want about Florida, but. That's that's pretty. Impressive. Oh, I will. Don't worry. Yeah, Florida playing Stanford this week, so they got they got saved by the fact that we're not going to talk about them too much. But um, if they lose to Stanford, there'll be a lot to talk about. Um, I'm starting the quarterback with, starting is with, Yeah, starting with where Dan Mullen's first flight is going to be. Um, let's uh, let's talk one more SEC game before we talk about the games that we're covering. Uh, Arkansas goes to LSU. Interesting game. I think mostly because it's at LSU. If it was at Arkansas, I don't think this would be that much of a toss up, but. It's, I don't know. It's hard to figure out this LSU team because they really fought against it. I, they fought against Alabama, and there's. It feels like they're playing for something. Oddly enough. Yeah, no, they're weird. Um, you know, as I've said, Coach, uh, you know, Ed Ordron is is the best interim coach of all time. Um, he he really does seem to get the most out of guys when he's kind of in his last stand and. Uh, you know, they're playing hard. That Alabama game was shocking. It was an ugly game, but, you know, it was it was an ugly game LSU had a chance in. Right. Um, you know, well, to hold I mean, you could even argue that they probably should have won that game. They probably should have. Um, you know, it was it was a really impressive, impressive effort. Yeah, LSU is a tough place to play. Um, you know, but I, I will say, I think Arkansas has kind of found its juice again a, a little bit. Uh, you know, they kind of hit that skid in the middle of the season. I think they lost, like, I think it was three in a row. Yeah. It's a good, um, to good opponents, but. Yeah, no, it's a good opponents, but um, yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like they've, they've kind of, I think that bye week was good for them. And I think they've kind of found it uh, again a little bit, um, you know, uh, but but I, I do think there is something to be said for just kind of the way LSU is is still playing on under Ed Orgeron. I, I don't think it'll be a blowout by any stretch. I, I, th- I think it should actually be a, a pretty competitive game. I, I would not be shocked if it goes either way. 
Right. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Uh, one thing I will say about Arkansas, I watched them last week, and, and it's going to be interesting to see next year what Arkansas looks like because we talked about it earlier. They're, they're a really old team. Like, they returned a lot of players, brought in a lot of, like, experienced players. They're, they're an old team right now. What's that turnaround kind of look like when you start losing some players next year? That's going to be interesting. What they do on offense, though, is it's, it's kind of simple. Like, get the ball to your playmakers. Like, give it to Burks, give it to Katie Jefferson, and do your thing. That's what they do, and, and the offense works. All right, college game day in town uh, in Oxford this weekend, Texas A&M coming in for a uh, for night game. Um, you know, one of, one of the biggest games of the year. and has some, has some uh, meaning in the SEC West. Uh, in the sense of if AM beats, uh, or I'm sorry, if Ole Miss beats AM, suddenly that door for Auburn again in the SEC West kind of opens up with you know their matchup with Alabama. It's it's kind of a, a game that doesn't really matter in terms of Ole Miss or AM winning the SEC West, but kind of matters in kind of how things do shape up at the top. Um, you know, AM I saw as a two or three point favorite. I think a lot of that has to do with injuries that Ole Miss has combined with you know AM you know, getting some mojo back and, and playing like the team I think we expected throughout most of the season. Um, what, what, what do you think is going to happen? How do you think this game shapes out? So first I would like to say that I have turned down the opportunity to be the guest picker on game day. <laughs> I'm getting out, I'm getting out in front of that. Please no interviews at this time. Um, no, it's, you know, if this was Ole Miss from like three weeks ago, I think they'd be feeling a lot better, but they are just so beat up right now. Right. Um, and like you said, this is an AM team that has really kind of found itself. You know, defense was always there, and that defense is ridiculous. It's so physical. It's, I mean, it, it's an Alabama looking defense just in terms of personnel and the size and, and, and strength and whatnot. Um, but that offense has really kind of found itself, and they've got a really good running game. Um, Calzada's kind of figured it out a little bit, he's not doing too much. Uh, I, I think it's going to be tough for Ole Miss to match up in the trenches. Um, not, you know, they're off their offensive line, their most experienced guys out for the season. So they've got a, a guy in a guard who was an offensive line and then he was a defensive lineman. Now he's back at offensive line and he, he's, he's played really, you know, he played really well last week. That was against Liberty. It's going to be a little bit different, uh, this week. And this is an offensive line that has not always, you know, uh, maybe gotten as much of a push as, 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 as you know, coaches would like. Um, and it's going to be really hard to get a push against the Marvin Leal and, uh, and that pass rush and whatnot. They're, they're, they're going to be really tough. Um, there's a chance that there's some receivers back, you know, Lane Kiffin said, Jonathan Mingo will, will likely be back at some point uh, this season. And, you know, at the latest would be the bowl game, which is like, wow, thanks for that. You know, info um but on uh on that uh on the season uh that show that uh you know Ole Miss is on Jonathan Mingo like looked at the camera yesterday and said I'll see you soon so now everybody's like oh man what does that mean um so it, it, you know we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that one but um you know and like let's not forget that Matt Corral's on one leg <laughs> um right. you know that he's that he is a tough SOB but uh, you know, him being on not at full strength impacts not just the way he throws, but as Lane has said, like it impacts the run game too, because he is such a threat in the run game when you don't have to account for him, 
you can key in on 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 the backs and whatnot and it really kind of changes things so it'll be interesting to see kind of where he's at you know health wise if he's gotten better um but i i i i just think it's a bad matchup for all miss just in terms of what AM does really really well is what Ole miss is maybe lacking and i i always want to give the, you know when you have a, a generational you know quarterback like like matt a once in a you know couple decade type guy for your school i think you're always going to be in the game because they can make special things happen but outside of that i i think it's i, I think it's going to be a, a, a really really tough one for Ole miss yeah no i agree and, and you know we talked about this going into the alabama game but um you know this is another one of those games where um corral can have his his heisman moment you know no, absolutely. And, you know, if, if Ole Miss is going to win, it is going to be because of Matt Corral. Um, he is going to have to do some magic things. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of right now, I feel like he's kind of on like the border of, you know, I don't know how many Heisman finalists they're going to do this year. Sometimes it's three, sometimes it's four. It's been five before. Right. Uh, you know, it just kind of depends on, on, on what it's looking like late. But, uh, you know, if, if he has that magic performance and, and he and he leads into that win, then I think he's pretty much guaranteed his trip to New York. I think there's going to be a lot on his plate. And, you know, he's a game recent competitor. He's he's going to leave it all out there. Um, I'm just not sure if if there's going to be enough just from everybody else. Right. No, I agree. I agree. It should be a, should be a fun game to watch. And I'll be tuned in um, from Auburn after uh, 11 a.m. kickoff between Mississippi State and Auburn this weekend. Um, you know, so much of the talk all week. And rightfully so has been about the kicking game for Mississippi. Have you tried State. out yet? Uh, I haven't tried out yet. It's actually raining today, so it looks like another day where I won't be uh, out kicking, but um, working on it, working on it. Um, but it, aside from the kicking game, it, it has kind of distracted from the fact that this is a, a really interesting game between two teams that um, have a ton to play for right now. Um, you know, Mississippi State after that loss at, at Arkansas. Um, Man, I mean, a win at Auburn would be huge. And it, it, it kind of echoes what you were saying with Ole Miss beating, be, being beat up. Um, you know, the Egg Bowl at, at this point is, is almost shaping up in a way of, like, if Ole Miss loses this weekend and it's kind of struggling and is banged up going into the Egg Bowl, like, Mississippi State could be favored in that game with how Mississippi State's been playing. Like, it's just kind of shaping out that way. That's It's, it's interesting how the season has, has transpired the past couple of weeks. If you're Mississippi State, I mean, you're, you're playing still for, for eight wins this season. Like, you go out and win this game with, with the Egg Bowl being a toss-up and Tennessee State being what it is, you, you got a chance to win eight games this season, um, you know, which a lot of people didn't expect with this Mississippi State team. So, um, but, yeah, kicking situation aside, how does how does Mississippi State match up with Auburn? Well, it depends. The, the Auburn secondary isn't great, so it's kind of a, a good thing for the air raid offense. But, you know, with, with the pressure that Auburn can bring um, – you know, towards the top in the nation in terms of tackles for loss and, and bringing, bringing people down in the backfield. Um, you know, if, if Mississippi State's going to be checking down behind the line of scrimmage, it probably doesn't make for, for a good formula, um, you know, in terms of that side of the ball. The other side of the ball is, is which Bo Nix are you going to get? And if Bo Nix played bad last week, he's back home, that probably means he's going to play well this week. Um, you know, how does, how does Mississippi State contain uh, a pretty mobile quarterback? Now, obviously, they didn't do that well against K.J. Jefferson, um, but, you know, he's a, he's a different specimen than, than Bo Nix is. Um, 
But, you know, the, the Auburn receivers have, have not been great this year. It's all about kind of stopping that running game for Mississippi State, which, you know, we talk about matchups. Well, that's about as good of a matchup as Mississippi State can hope for on that side of the ball. Um, you know, I picked Auburn to win this game, but I, I think Mississippi State has a legit shot to win, and, and they believe that they have a legit shot to win because in the past, you know, ever since that LSU game, so starting with that Texas A&M game, I mean, few teams – have played better than Mississippi State, you know, not necessarily the results. You had, you had the loss at Alabama and obviously the loss at Arkansas, but like Mississippi State played really well against Arkansas and, and probably should have won. But like it, it it's kind of interesting to me because so many people say, well, like, you know, Mississippi State played well, but, you know, they just don't have kickers. And it's like, well, that's part of the game. Like, like, it's not just like, oh, you have a bad kicker, like go replace your kicker. It's like, you can't do that that easily. And like, that that's just like that's football it's not just offense defense you know or special teams it's offense defense and special teams and special teams has hurt them a lot this year and it's not just you know something you can gloss over and and it caught up to them in that arkansas game but like it's because in in a lot of games it was glossed over and i mean they they allowed a punt return against uh, kentucky had obviously that weird punt return situation with memphis your kickers have been struggling all year i mean special teams have been a problem um you know but not just in the arkansas game um so that's that's something where if it's going to be a tight game and you're going to hang in there with Auburn, well, if your special teams are struggling and Auburn special teams are at least average, you're probably going to lose again, and that's going to cost you another game. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, how all that plays out. Um, you know, I, I think on the sidelines it's going to be Nolan McCord and, and Brandon Ruiz um, in, in terms of the kickers, and they'll probably still be kicking PATs and doing kickoffs. What Mississippi State decides to do in fourth-down situations will be interesting. I mean, if it's a fourth and eight, you know, and you have a, a chip shot field goal, do you, do you try it? I mean, Brendan Ruiz missed a 23 yarder against Arkansas. So like, what, what do you do in those situations? I think we're, if it's, if it's fourth and short, I think Mississippi State's definitely going to go for it. I would say fourth and seven is kind of where you start, you know, getting some questions of what, what they're going to do and where you are on the field and stuff like that. Um, I, I'm thinking in the egg bowl, everyone's going to go for it on every fourth down and whoever converts the more, most fourth downs wins the game. Punters don't even suit up. No, don't even bother. Or kickers, don't even bother. Yeah, uh, I, I was going to say, as a Bears fan, you know the importance of the kicking game. That's all I'm going to say. Yes, um, I don't blame Santos for missing the 65-yarder, and I thought he hit the. I thought he hit it off the. Cross I think we. I think Steve Levy has a hoodwink there. Yeah, I. Yeah, I felt a part of my soul leave my body, and even after seeing like the replay that it didn't hit the crossbar, like it didn't matter because that part of your soul doesn't come back. It was so straight. Yeah, I mean, it was right on. It was right down the middle. You know, I mean, it's hard to kick a ball 65 feet or feet, Jesus. Well, yeah, no, 65 feet too. Yeah, that's that's a decent For me, I I probably wouldn't be able to do that. Right, right. Well, Brandon Ruiz missed a 65-foot field goal, so. On that note, um, a lot of fun games this weekend. Again, make sure to follow along with our coverage, uh, D Journal Sports on Twitter. Uh, follow Just Fire Existence on your favorite podcast platforms at djournal.com slash podcast. Uh, from Michael and myself, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.